welcome to our Van Camp. I have been on a mission for the last 16 years to discover the world's most powerful beauty secrets. The Biohack Your Beauty podcast is a deep dive into the world of biohacking, lifestyle, wellness, and self-development. Join me in uncovering the mysteries of beauty, anti-aging, and ultimate longevity with the experts, teachers, and guides who are leading the health revolution. And now, on to the show. Hi, Brittany. How are you today? Welcome to the podcast. So good. Thank you so much for having me on. I am so, so excited. We were chatting a little bit before. I've been following your journey for a long time. I feel like you have just really cultivated this beautiful audience and, and really you share so much wisdom. So I'm so excited for you to share some of that on the podcast today. And I know that your journey into biohacking also was health related. So I'd love to maybe start a little bit about kind of your journey into biohacking, especially as a woman. I feel like it's this amazing experience uh, that a lot of people out there want to hear about. So can you share about that a little bit? Totally, totally. So I got into health, like health in general, like quite a long time ago uh, when I was a teenager. And that was like mostly from health issues that I was having. Um, and really took the nutrition route for the longest time. Um, and not so much like lifestyle modifications, optimal health, like none of that. And then I stumbled upon biohacking. I think it was in like 2018. Um, and it just really resonated with me because it was this idea of becoming healthier in a way that was more than just what you eat or how you exercise is very holistic in nature. So it looks at stress and sleep and environment and relationships and all of these different things. And it really just like blew my mind that there was so much that we could control and modify to become healthier. And so I really just like agreed with it, like agreed with making optimal health a lifestyle and not just this like thing that you do every now and then, or you kind of fall off the bandwagon, but something that you implement daily. Um, And so I started playing around with it and like got into Dave Asprey's work, which led me into um, so many different areas and kind of just like snowballed. And yeah, so I started posting on Instagram really um, in 20, maybe 2019 when I was traveling and just about biohacking. And it was really cool back then because It was so small, the community. And now the community, I mean, like it's still, I don't know if it's mainstream, but it's not that big, but it's grown so much, even in two years of like women in biohacking and like people around the world. And it's not just this like Silicon Valley thing anymore. It's really expanded. So it's been very cool to see. I love it. Yeah. And I think it's so cool that first of all, that you just, something inside of you was like this makes sense. This makes sense. Cause I found that too, in the beginning, it just made sense to me. I'm like, this 
this correlation between how I feel and what I eat and how I look and what I eat, like that just makes so much sense. It just resonated with me. So I love it. And I feel like Dave Asprey for me was, was a kind of a gateway into that whole world too. And then I think, yeah, you're right. It's become more accessible to people. And that's something I love about what you teach is that you teach a lot of the very basic and foundational components of biohacking, right? Like the things that anyone can do. You don't have to spend a lot of money. It's not like this whole time consuming thing. So maybe you can share a little bit about what are some of the biohacks that are really just foundational and basic. I know nature is something that you really talk a lot about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, devices and the latest technology and apps and everything like really have their place. But for so many people, it's like just not accessible, whether it's too expensive or they live in a place that like they can't even get it shipped there. Like there's a lot of hurdles. So we can really just like take a step back and look at nature and like so many, so many of these apps and technology is based off of natural and ancestral living anyway right? So like red light therapy is based on getting like different parts of sunlight or the spectrum that we don't naturally get every day anymore. But if you take the same concept and you get red light in the morning during the sunrise and during the sunset, it's like the same thing. Of course, it's not as concentrated, but still. So I think kind of starting with the basics and things that are rooted more in nature is much easier for people to grasp and actually do. So proper light is huge. Um, Sleep routine is huge. Getting into nature. And like, it's so funny when you say that because it seems so basic and like even boring, but the amount of time that we as humans actually spend in nature, like feet on the earth, not pavement, is like really, really low. And it's actually pretty drastic how low it is. That is, I think one of the hardest things for me, it's so easy for me to use supplements and use technology and use a machine and use the red light, but actually getting out into nature, Mm -hmm. I find that that's probably one of the most challenging things for me because it takes time and focus and like really just letting go of all the things we have to do and all this scheduling and all of that. Yeah. There's something so powerful about it too. Like whenever I go on a hike or swim in the ocean or the lakes or whatever, you just feel so different than when you're sitting at your computer. Like you feel grounded and centered and calmer compared to being like stressed and in this like very fight or flight mode. So if we can kind of create more time in our day that allows us to get into nature and do these types of things, I think that is going to move the needle way more for our health than, you know, the latest supplement or buying the latest tech. Yeah. And I like that you're talking about this too, because I think what we tend to do, especially just as human beings, we're like, Oh, this is the quick, the quick thing. Let me just take a supplement. Let me just take a pill. And I think that for so many people who are like naturally inclined to do that, I think even more so being like, wait, but where is like the root of what I want to accomplish? Mm. Like, why do I want this? And I think that creating the foundation is probably the most important thing because there's always going to be 
new supplements and new technology, but just creating like a consistent base for your lifestyle for biohacking. I feel like that's mm-hmm. really important. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like I said earlier, like we, we just don't do it enough. Right. And, and so it's hard though. It's hard when you work online. I mean, of course with the pandemic, like so many people are online and it's getting better now, but like, even for myself, like the past year and a half, like, holy, just from, I just posted about this from my computer to my phone, to my TV, it's just like screen, screen, screen. And like, how much am I actually getting outside? How much am I actually like connecting with the world around me and being aware of like life itself instead of just like work day in and day out, work weekends on my phone, on Instagram, like all of these things that need to happen, but like, don't really matter in terms of like your health or in terms of like you as a person long-term. So it's like, how do you balance these things? Yeah. 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 And I feel like balance, even that is such a, a big thing because Mm -hmm. when it comes to biohacking, I mean, even things like sleep and stress, right. Those are things that are really aggravated by overworking or being on a screen all the time, like the power of good sleep and like time with friends and social time, like that actually has a biochemical effect inside your body. It actually does lower cortisol levels and all of that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I mean, I think we're starting to see people value it more like with, you know, a forest bathing and like these different ideas coming out and, and people doing more of that. Um, and like with the rise of biohacking in general, but I mean, it just shows a lot of our society, right? Like we've come so far away from living this like natural life that now we need to like schedule time in nature and schedule time (laughs) off. Like that's how far we've come. Yeah. And so, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I don't know, like there's like no balance. Yeah. Is it a good thing though? Yeah. It's kind of like a, and and really just creating like, um, yeah, a sense of balance. I think ultimately that's really the most powerful thing as far as biohacking too, right? Because even too much of any good thing is too much. Mm -hmm. So if you think of nature and like getting out in nature, do you have a ideal number of hours that you say is like at least getting out this much or at least making this much time per week in nature? Yeah. I mean, I think the more, the better. Um, I don't have a specific amount of time, but I mean, an hour a day would be fantastic. Like even just going for a walk and that type of thing, or like even, you know, creating time on the weekends, that's longer, right? Like going for a hike or I don't know, like if swimming, I mean, there's so many different things you can do really. Um, and really just like giving yourself the opportunity to chill and like experience the profound benefits from it. Um, like right now we are in an apartment and we're looking to buy a house and I feel so not grounded in this apartment and it's driving me nuts. And like, obviously from a literal standpoint, I'm on the 19th floor, so I'm not grounded at all, but like, 
I just like, I, I have so much nature in my windows, but I don't feel connected to it because I'm so like, I can't touch it. I'm so far from it. So, I mean, for me right now, and like for, you know, people buying a house, if you're in the market or moving, like really consider how close you are to a forest or like an ocean or a lake or whatever, compared to like living in the suburbs where it's just like house after house or downtown in a city where you're like surrounded by apartment buildings as well. I had that experience. I lived in LA recently. I moved down there for like half a year or so. And we were in an apartment. We were only on the fourth floor, but the thing that was so, first of all, it was newly renovated. So I could smell like the chemicals in Mm -hmm. the, and that was already like a mind trip. And then the other thing was the the Wi-Fi because I was thinking like, okay, it's three people below me all have the Wi-Fi tower, you know, and, and we can turn off our Wi-Fi at night, but it was still kind of a, yeah, you could feel it almost that the, all of that concentrated, um, like the EMFs that were concentrated in that place. Do you feel like that's something that you notice or do you feel like there's things that you do to mitigate that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something I... I'm definitely, definitely thinking about daily. Um, For me, it's this idea of how do you balance solitude and isolation? Like there's a fine line between those two. So like as somebody who's more extroverted, I don't necessarily want to buy a house that's fully like off grid and inaccessible, but is in forests and rooted in nature because mentally like I need people and like fun and stimulation and like the ability to walk to a coffee shop. But it's like, how do you balance that with nature and not being surrounded by people and traffic and like overstimulated? And that's how I feel in this apartment is like overstimulated by, like you said, like all the Wi-Fi and all the electronics in this like 800 square feet. And like, and yeah, I I think it's, I think it's tough. And like, of course there's things you can do to mitigate it. Like you said, like turn your Wi-Fi off. Um, don't sleep with your phone beside your face or beside your head when you're, when you go to bed um, and other things like that. But I don't know if that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I resonate with that so much because I am like you, I'm very extroverted. I like to go to the coffee shop. I love to be around people. And I like, I don't like necessarily the city city, like San Francisco is too much for me, but just that neighborhood feeling. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think it's kind of um, a challenge when you think of like, you want that nature, you want to be excess nature and, and have like a big backyard where you can ground and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, hug trees and stuff. But on the other hand, you want to be able to hang out with friends and, and have Mm -hmm. coffee and do stuff. Do you feel like your, your city or your town right now is conducive to that? Or are you looking outside of Vancouver? Yeah. So we are in a smaller part of Vancouver, um, on the inlet of the ocean, it's called Port Moody. So it it is a lot better than, like you said, like living downtown Vancouver, which I've done for a few years as well. Um, it's just about, yeah, finding that balance and, yeah, figuring out what it looks like right now. Um, Cause I know like long-term, you know, like long, long-term like retirement one day, I definitely want to have 
a house that's far away from people (laughs) (laughs) and like I have space and I can have a garden and it's like on the ocean and we have a boat and whatever all these things um but it's just like not the lifestyle that I lead right now so yeah it's tough it's tough figuring it out even as a biohacker it's like it's no easy solution totally well and even as a biohacker unless you have all the technology in your home, you know, the float tank and the sauna and the hyperbaric oxygen chamber, like all of that, you need to go into the city to, to, to access that. So I think you're right. Um, yeah, I always tell my boyfriend too, I'm like, I want like a farm with like horses and and stuff, but yeah, I don't know if I'm ready for that either. That might be (laughs) somewhere down the road. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what your lifestyle looks like as a biohacker and as a female biohacker, what are the things that you incorporate into your daily lifestyle? Yeah. Yeah. So it changes a lot. Um, I kind of go through phases with different biohacks. I don't, yeah, I don't really stick to one thing every single day of the year. I mean, maybe some like supplements or nutrition habits, Um, but I really like cycle things and I don't know if that's like curiosity or if that's just, I'm kind of gravitate towards what my body needs. Um, but that's how I've always kind of been. So in terms of lifestyle, um, I would say the biggest thing is sleep. Like I prioritize sleep so much. Um, all of the, all of the lights in my apartment go red at night. I have blue blocking glasses, Um, we have a air conditioning unit in our bedroom because apartments aren't air conditioned in Vancouver. Um, so for like temperature control, I, yeah, I have like some supplements I've taken before. Um, and I just really, really prioritize sleep. That's probably like one of the things that I stick to night in and night out because I just feel so much better the next day. Like when I have slept properly, um, And before, when I didn't care about my sleep, I would wake up multiple times throughout the night, like literally like four or five times throughout the night. I would, sometimes I would struggle going to sleep. Like it was just, it was a wreck. It was a mess. Um, And now I like wind down and I fall asleep within 10 minutes. Um, Sometimes I'll wake up maybe once, but other times I'll just fall asleep and wake up the next morning and just be very like aware of that. And so that is like something that I stick to. So try to stick to so much. Do you use uh, blue blockers, like the red glasses at night as well? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I put those on, it's harder in the summer because it's, it's light outside so much. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of struggle with that idea. Um, but I usually put them on at like eight 30 and then go to bed at like nine 20, nine 15, and then read and then lights out latest by 10. Do you, do you find, is the rule that you just put them on when the sun goes down? Is that kind of the the theory or do you feel like, cause I, well, it's light outside. Um, and it depends. Like if I'm going to walk my dog and there's Mm -hmm. like a bunch of lights from the city, then I'll wear them. But, um, other than that, I'm like, well, you know, it's very light outside. So I don't know. I I feel you on that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I totally understand that, but right now it's bright outside until nine 30, nine 45. And that's when I'm going to bed. So it doesn't make sense for me to just put them on then. Yeah. But I, th- I think if you're going to bed later, I think that's fine. Yeah. Um, 
but I like to go to bed early. It's just how I feel my best. So, and it's so much easier in the winter though. Cause like when it gets dark at five 30, it's like <laughs> my blue blockers are on at seven 30. I like, yeah, I just shut down so much earlier. Mm-hmm. Do you have an evening routine that helps you sleep? Like you said, you have red light, like, do you just use red light bulbs or do you have like red light panels in your room? Yeah. So I have red light bulbs, um, so that there's no blue light. There's no bright lights. Um, I also make my phone fully go red too. And that really helps. I actually, I did this a while ago, but I figured out how to time my apps. So I have a very specific window that my apps are like available. Um, so I think it turns on at eight 30 in the morning and then they close at like 7 30 p.m something like that wow that's so cool yeah so so then when they're not accessible you have to click on it and then it'll say like it'll have its little message and then you have to override it and say like oh I want to access this for like one minute 15 minutes or like for the rest of the day so you're like consciously choosing to be like using your phone outside of the hours that you've chosen and it really, really helps. So I just like keep that. Um, and that's like definitely part of my routine. And then sometimes I take baths. I really like hot baths and I know hot water isn't the best for your skin, but it makes me feel really good. So, um, and those, I, I just started doing them with like candles only. So all of the lights off. Mm. Yeah. And then like with binaural beats, So it's a very like cleansing, calming time. So no podcasts on, no bright lights, and just this very like grounding moment that I've set. Um, And that's been really, really nice Mm -hmm. to like come back to myself in those moments. Yeah. It's kind of like a meditation in a way. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, totally. That's amazing. Do you do like intermittent fasting as well to help you sleep or, or just in general, do you do the fasting as well? Um, I mean, I did, I did for a long time and I mean, I did see some benefits from it, but I also had some issues prop up from it. Um, so when I was intermittent fasting, I would only start eating at like 12 and it was really great for like weight control to be like, totally honest. Like I was able to keep like quite a low fat percentage without doing too much else, but like it really screwed up my hormones Mm long-term. So I've really tried to like step away from it. Um, and like, sometimes I'll naturally do it. Like if we're traveling or that type of thing, but I, I try and have like I'll have a bulletproof coffee or I try and eat something around 10 in the morning now and just kind of do a fast, but not nearly as long as I used to. Yeah. I think it's very different for women. And I was actually telling my boyfriend that this morning, because I was telling him there's some days where like I can have a four hour eating window and it feels so good and it feels very natural. And then there's other days where I literally wake up and I'm like, I just want to eat. I'm ready to eat, you know, and I'll eat like at 8am and I'll feel like eating all day. And it's, I think it's really different for women because just the hormone component. And also just one of the things I, I think I learned this from, I'm not sure who I learned it from, 
one, a biohacker somewhere, but he was saying that, you know, with women, when we don't eat, there's these signals in our body biologically that go back thousands of years where we're not just thinking of ourselves, right? We're thinking of what if potentially get pregnant or we have a baby. And so your body kind of goes into this crazy survival mode where men don't have that, but we do because at any time we could be worrying about not just our own bodies, but, but our babies as well. So Yeah, I think it's definitely a whole different experience for women. And I think that's why being in the sphere as women is so important because it's different for women. It's, it's a whole different experience in in many ways. So it's not just about having this, you know, very strict structured fasting schedule. I think it's important to really be intuitive about what our bodies are telling us. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, yeah, it's, it's just very interesting to like, think about it in general. Like, I think when I, I first started intermittent fasting, I was also on birth control and felt very like, not out of touch, but like kind of out of touch with my hormones and like, I wasn't getting a period. So I I wasn't ovulating. I wasn't really having much of a menstrual cycle at all. Cause I had an, an IUD and that's very common with IUDs is like, you don't menstruate. Um, and so at that time, you know, my hormones were just kind of all over the place, but it felt really good to fast. And then I got off of birth control. And then, you know, about a year later, I stopped fasting. And now it's very interesting to just like kind of try and listen to my body, right? Like wake up and ask, like, do I feel hungry? Should I eat right now? What am I craving? Um, it's interesting though. Like I, I still think I struggle with eating in the morning. Like, and I don't know if it's like a mind game because I think I fasted for, um, you know, maybe like three years and did intermittent fasting. And so when I wake up in the morning, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't feel hungry. I don't crave anything, Mm -hmm. but there's so many people who say like women need to eat right away when they wake up. But then I think like, am I eating because someone is telling me to eat or should I wait until I actually feel hungry and be like more in tune with my body like that? Yeah. Um, so right now I, I literally just like, listen. And if my stomach is hungry, then I feed myself. Um, yeah. I just, like I don't count how many hours I fast for anymore. Like I don't do any of it. I think that's amazing. And I, I love that you brought that up as well, because there is this, it's very interesting. And as a coach, really like one of the things I work with my clients on is like listening to your intuition and learning what your intuition sounds like. And I really feel like there is such a correlation between as women, like diet culture and not trusting ourselves because for so long, I mean, I think for so many of us, since we were not even like 10 years old, we've been dieting, you know, or like having this diet culture. And so there's this constant thing of like, I can't eat that wanting something and then kind of quote unquote caving and having it. So there's this constant cycle of kind of going back on what you're promising yourself, right? Because human, like being a human and eating and wanting to eat. And, and I think wanting to eat what's in front of you is a very natural biological system. Like that's how we are designed and how we've been eating for very, very long time. So I think that there is this 
challenge in learning how to trust yourself again, Mm -hmm. when it comes to food and just in general, I think life, because for so long, there's like this constant going back and forth about what is my body saying, or what do I want? And can I have that? Or, or is this the right thing? So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's for so many years having that experience and then coming into this new area of trusting your body and trusting yourself and making the decision on your own, instead of looking outside of yourself for the answers, I think it's like cultivating that it's, it's a constant process. I feel like, yeah, yeah, I totally, totally agree. Um, yeah, diet culture doesn't. (laughs) doesn't talk about that and doesn't it doesn't place a lot of emphasis on yourself it places a lot of emphasis on this like one idea of doing things and like this is the answer you've been looking for and you're gonna get all of these results and like whatever right um so it takes a lot of power away from the individual and that's really hard that's hard for a lot of people. And, um, you know, I think we're kind of getting into this like intuitive eating movement now, which is very cool. Um, it's just like making sure that it doesn't use the same language and, and promote the same things as like a diet does. Right. So that's kind of like the issue with all health fads though. And wellness trends is like, the capitalism side of it, of like selling something of like quick fix, you know? And I even found that with like birth control versus supplements, right? Like when I was on birth control, it was like, okay, I'm using this to help with X, Y, and Z, right? Like whatever problems I was dealing with, but it was a quick fix. But then when you go to a naturopath or somebody and they say, Hey, take this supplement for this thing is that not a quick fix as well? Because it's just another pill that you're swallowing that's supposed to fix whatever they say it's going to fix. So again, we get back to the idea of like biohacking and lifestyle medicine, whatever you want to call it. So it's like a very holistic thing of like, okay, let's look at everything that you're doing. Let's look at your whole entire life and be like, okay, how can we help you be healthier? Not just like sell you this one product or sell you this one diet. I don't know. I have a lot of like criticisms about the health and wellness world. (laughs) Absolutely. I I love that because I I feel like, first of all, there's all these um, signs in my neighborhood and like they have um, some great sayings on there, but one of them is like science is real. And that's like this thing that it's almost like a religion now, even that like science is real. Well, there is so much variation. Like we're all so unique and different and we all have these different experiences and we all have these different ancestries and and makeups and traumas. And, um, we all have different toxins that we've been exposed to. So I feel like everybody has this unique experience and there isn't just one way or one way to eat or one way, one pill to take or whatever. Like, I think everybody is different. And ultimately we want to be healthy and vibrant because we want to feel good and we want to feel happy. And so if, you know, you're doing something and it doesn't feel good, then questioning that is really important. Like that discernment, I think is really important. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard though, right? Like it's hard when somebody 
you know, sells you a solution and like, you're feeling so like just exhausted because you've looked at all the solutions and you've tried all the things and you've tried all the diets. And then you, you know, you find this one thing and this person is like, oh yeah, this is it. Like we solve all of these problems. and like, this is going to be your answer. And like, I get it. Like, I, I like, I understand it, but it's just, it's hard. It, yeah. I don't know. I think that it applies in a lot of different situations because I just, there's so many people who I've met as well, either they have um, been diagnosed with cancer, people I know, you know, or they have like really challenging skin conditions and they've already been to so many doctors or they have kind of experienced all of these um, you know, different approaches. And so then for me to be like, well, this is what I think it would be a good thing. Like, I think it just feels so overwhelming because a lot of people have gotten their hopes up and then they've been disappointed or they've trusted one source for a really long time. Let's say a, a doctor, right. That they've had for a really long time. And that solution doesn't seem to be working, but taking that trust away from that person, I think it can be a really emotional experience. And, and even just, deciding that maybe that Western medicine isn't the only way to go. I think for a lot of people feels really scary because it's such a cultural phenomenon in our, our specific culture too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think in general, it's just a journey, like finding a solution that works takes time and effort. And a lot of people don't like that answer, right? Like a lot of people want the supplement they want the quick fix diet, whatever it is to get the result, the result that they want. But like when I was healing my gut or when I like healing my hormones right now, like, oh my goodness, it, you know, you try one thing and it kind of works and then you try something else. And like, that's just how it goes. Like, that's what a health journey is. Like, it's not easy. Um, and I wish, oh my gosh, I wish there was like some magic pill that you could take and have optimal health every single day. <laughs> Yeah, that would be amazing, but it's, it's not. And, you know, we kind of have to look at things a bit more long-term, I think in general, in the wellness world is like, this takes time to heal the body. Um, and that's okay. And that's normal. And, and yeah, like away from fads, like, it's just, uh, yeah, you know, like social media, like even looking at something like celery juice, whenever that was huge last year, I don't know, whenever it was, it was like people were claiming that celery juice could heal all sorts of things. Yeah. And it's like drink celery juice in the morning. So people like wake up and they make a freshly squeezed celery juice, but then like eat trash the rest of the day, like blue light, don't sleep, hormones everywhere, alcohol, cigarettes, whatever it is. And it's like that celery juice is doing nothing compared to how you're living your life. Right. Yeah. We got, I think we got to be a bit more critical of like the fads that we're seeing come out. Totally. And I, I do find that, you know, the thing that people come to me for, like a lot of the time, the things that I tell them that are going to be important to do is usually taking out things before even adding things in. And actually the nutrition school that I went to, it's kind of a different approach. They're really like, okay, well, you need to add things in and then you can take things out. And I get that. But I also feel like there's so much just in our diets alone that needs to be eliminated before you can start, you know, supplementing before you start doing all of these 
very intricate biohacks. I think that they're yeah. just the foundation, like your nutrition. If you're out eating foods that are laden with pesticides that are laden with, with gluten, like, like, you know, changing your hormones, I'm not coming from a place of judgment because food mm -hmm. is really emotional for everyone. It's a really, it goes way back. And I think for a lot of us, especially if you are looking for pleasure in your life and you're not getting it in other areas, I think food is a source of that. And, and a glass of wine is a source of that. And so I do think that, you know, it, it's a hard thing, but I also think that that is, that is where the, that is where those little changes can change everything is just by taking those things out and looking at other ways to supplement your diet in ways that may not be, um, like the way that you've done it for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And we're so lucky because when I became a vegetarian, I was like 12 and all we had was Boca burgers. <laughs> there was nothing. And now there's so many options, so many options mm -hmm. for people. Mm -hmm. I'm not a vegetarian anymore, but there's so many options for people who are looking for healthy options. Yeah, exactly. Um, I remember in high school, I stopped drinking dairy and like, I started moving towards like being more paleo. Um, and that's like still how I am now. And I remember like tr driving to health food stores to get almond milk, like being like, okay, there was like one brand and like, this was in a very like affluent, affluent, uh, town. Right. So it wasn't like in the middle of nowhere. Um, and just being like, okay, like I want this almond milk. And like, I remember my partner's family just like thinking I was so crazy for drinking nut milk and being like, what is this? And now it's like all they drink, they don't drink regular milk. Um, and there's like oat milk and rice milk and macadamia and milk and like all of these things. And so it's like you said, like, it's really cool to see how far we've come and how accessible things are now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I'm excited to see where it goes in the next 10 years as well. Like, yeah, it'll, it'll be so interesting to see how it all grows. I agree. I think it's it's amazing just to see even just the celebrities who people really look up to in our mm. culture, like just adopting these, these practices and, and making them, yeah, just accessible, I think for, for other people and, and yeah. Yeah, just showing people the way I think, which is great. Yeah. 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 I mean, I feel like <laughs> I, a lot of my friends are super healthy where I live, but it's actually such a bubble and like biohacking is such a bubble that like, I feel like I'm surrounded by healthy people, but then like when you travel or like you watch reality TV shows and you see how so many other people live, like you realize most people aren't this healthy. Yeah. Like even in Canada, in the States, like globally, like most people are like way behind. And so it's, yeah, it's interesting because you can kind of get caught up in all of it and like feel like you are as healthy as you can be and like everyone's very healthy, but it's not, it's not the reality. And so we got to keep growing and we've got to keep educating others to really help promote that and get them there as well. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay. So we talked a little bit about EMFs, but you have these amazing um, yeah. things coming out and I want to make sure we have time to talk about those. 
So talk a little bit. I know some of our listeners are familiar with EMFs and some of them are not. So maybe mm. a little bit about why, why create clothing that protects you from that? And, and maybe sharing a little bit about these undies that you're creating. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, it's been very interesting. So EMF stands for electromagnetic frequency. And when I first heard about EMF, you know, kind of around when I was starting my biohacking journey in 2018, I was like, oh, this is so woo-woo. This (laughs) does not make a difference. Like, who are these people trying to sell these things that protects against radiation? Like, this is absurd. Like, there's no, there's no information on this. Um, And then, you know, over the years, like a couple brands like sent me you know, t-shirts and cell phone cases and blah, 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 like different things like that. And I was still skeptical. Um, and then last fall, so I've been having like struggles with my menstrual cycle, just like balancing it, um, and not ovulating and like just having very long cycles. And I had a lot of trouble with this last year in 2020. And so it made me so aware of my, uh, my menstrual cycle, like just very hyper aware more than I've ever been. And I was like looking at supplements and food and stress and all of these things. And then I remember just like sitting down, like working at my computer, like the same place I'm working right now. And just like thinking about the computers around me, my phone around me. My partner, his office is right over there, like computer, phone, Wi-Fi router, TV in an apartment surrounded by radiation, cell phone towers, um, you know, microwave, everything that's plugged in. And I was like, I wonder what the impact of this is on my ovaries. I was like, I wonder if there is an impact. And I, you know, kind of went down this like rabbit hole on, on online looking at does this make a difference? Is there research behind this? Like, like what is actually happening? And I just had this gut feeling of like, I don't trust that the technology we've built is safe for my ovaries. Like, I don't trust it. No matter what the research says, I don't trust it. Um, And then I went into the research and found out that I was right. And there actually is a bunch of research that shows how it can delay ovulation, which makes irregular cycles, which makes it harder to get pregnant because if you're not ovulating, you can't get pregnant. Um, Impacts miscarriage rates, can increase your chances of getting a miscarriage or having a miscarriage. Um, Increase your chances of birth defects when you're pregnant. And then there's also like the whole cancer side of it as well. And so I was very shocked to see that there was actually a lot of research behind this. And then I was like, okay, like, cool. Like this is an issue. I want to buy underwear that I can wear every single day that protects me from this because at the time and still right now I was using this blanket that covers my ovaries so that I could work at my computer and know that the radiation would bounce off and wouldn't, wouldn't impact me. Um, And then I looked online and there was virtually nothing. So everything that was created was created for men. And it was, you know, which is classic biohacking is like coming out with a male product. Absolutely. (laughs) Like always men first, I swear. Anyway, 
So, and then I was like, okay, let me see if there's female underwear. And there were at the time, and still now, there's like a couple different ones that you can buy, but they are by the same brands that are focused on men that have come out with boxers. And I have these ones and they're awful. <laughs> and I can just tell that they're not designed by women and women don't wear them. No, women want something that is, first of all, aesthetically pleasing and yes. comfortable and absolutely. 100%. And yeah. And so I, I, you know, I got these in the mail and like, they dig into my skin and like, they look like diapers. I was <sighs> like, Oh my God, guys, like, no, this is like created by four, like white scientists, males. And I can, I'm not wearing this. Yeah. And I was like, and I just remember like saying to my partner, I was like, like, what if I just created my own? And like, even if I don't sell any, I will wear them every single day and it'll give me peace of mind to know that my ovaries are okay. Um, and then I started talking about it online and, you know, kind of started developing this product and it's been very crazy to see the response to it. Um, I, it's not released yet, you know, we're in product development and which is really hard. Like I had no idea it would take this long to create a product from scratch. Um, but I have a very great designer working with me right now. She used to work at Arteryx and she's retired and she's in my local community actually. Um, so we've totally revamped the designs and now we're choosing our fabric again because we didn't like the original fabric I chose. Um, so it's a process. <laughs> yeah, it's a process. I can only imagine I, I, for a really long time, and I think someday maybe, I always wanted to create like organic lingerie because there is really not much out there that is mm -hmm. sexy and mm -hmm. organic. And even, you know, I mean, I've been like using organic, like pads and stuff like that for a long time, but even our, our clothes, right. They have pesticides, they have chemicals and all this stuff. And so mm -hmm. I think it's really fascinating just to think about, yeah, something that's designed specifically for women that it, it really there's a lot of thought that goes into it and a lot of, I think, passion and love that goes into a project like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, EMF in general is like not a very popular concept yet. Like it's a very like, like conspiracy level right now. I feel mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's very like early adopter, yeah. that type of thing, even though the research there's research for over 30 years on how, how, um, impactful it is. And, you know, I, I think EMF is like the new smoking, like, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't alive when smoking was around and popular, but if you look at old ads, it was like promoted by doctors and everyone was doing it. Yeah. And then there was research and they were hiding the research and then it became public and everyone started realizing over time, like, wow, this is actually so harmful for our health. And I feel like EMF is the same way, right? Like you can publicly access the research, yeah. but like, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of big players who don't want you to know about it, right? Like Apple and like everyone who creates any set, sort of technology is going to be like, uh, no, it's fine. Ignore it because we don't want you to be worried about your cell phone in your pocket. Um, so it's interesting. And I, you know, but uh, 
Yeah. I mean, I think the conspiracy theory is definitely a part of it, but it's been very interesting to see how many people are interested in it. Every time I talk about it, um, I have a wait list going, which is very helpful as well. And so I can just like talk to these people. Um, but yeah, it's, it'll be fun when they come out. I mean, I hope oh, they come I'm, out I'm excited. soon, but definitely getting like a pair in every color. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, my long-term goal, I was actually just talking about this on my podcast, um, is I actually want to create my own fabric because mm-hmm. right now, you know, the fabrics that I can choose from are pretty limited and I'd like to see something better than what is available on the market. Yeah. And it's like you said, like clothes, like, and I was talking, yeah, I was talking about this, my podcast, like, even if something protects from radiation, if that fabric has like off gassing, the off gassing byproduct can disrupt your hormones. So like, is it even doing enough to just protect radiation if the fabric itself is problematic? Yeah. So I want to create a fabric that is like sustainable, um, doesn't off gas is like very holistically healthy and it doesn't exist right now. So that is like the long-term plan. That's amazing. I love it. I feel like you are like kindred spirits with me because I feel that why make it good when it can be like great, you know? And yeah. I think that it's going to be amazing to have this product. And, and even if the fabric is not yet the ultimate um, ideal fabric, but I think, oh my gosh, how amazing would that be? And I think setting that standard, even in the fashion industry, like we are way far away from, from a standard that is even remotely health friendly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And same with like environmentally friendly too, right? Like, yeah, like buying organic feels good and is healthy, but like when you use something like organic cotton, it uses so much water. Those crop use crops use so much water than traditional cotton, but it's healthier for you, but it's not healthier for the planet. So that is like going to be my challenge. And what I want to solve is like, how can I create a fabric that's healthy for you to wear? And you feel like this is the healthiest pair of underwear on the planet made from this best fabric, but it also is not harming the environment and it's sustainable for the workers and they're getting paid properly. And just like this beautiful, like holistic idea. I love that so much. Cause that, that is really, that is it, right? It's about just making this world mm-hmm. beautiful and, and yeah, just healthier for everyone, not just uh, ourselves, but everyone involved in that process. Are there any other things that you use to mitigate EMFs at this time? You said a blanket is something that you use. Are there other like technologies mm-hmm. or anything like that, that you use? Yeah. So the blanket's a big one. Um, I used to have a cell phone case, but it wasn't very good. So I, I would be interested in a new cell phone case, actually like a phone case that does that. Um, but the one I had was not very good. Um, I think my next thing that I want to get is, especially when we get a house is I want to get these like, um, things that plug into outlets and they're on timers. And then, so everything kind of just turns off at night. Like I would love to have like the Wi-Fi, the TV, the microwave, I don't know, whatever you're using turn off, um, without me having to do it. 
Mm. I think that would be very, very cool. I was, uh, who was it? Um, oh, I'm forgetting her name. She used to be a Victoria's Secret model. She lives in Australia. Um, oh, Miranda Kerr. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love her. Yeah. So she is very much into like, um, this type of living and she has like, you know, this like amazing, uh, makeup brand anyway. Um, she, in her house, she has like a single switch that she turns off at night and it, and it like links to everything and everything is shut off and unplugged. And I'm like, okay, that's the goal. Like, I just want to have one switch and it's like house off lights off plugs off like everything. Um, yeah, that'll be the next thing that I work on. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Just a switch. Just a switch. Same. There you go. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Yeah. So I have three questions that I ask all our guests. So the first one is what is your definition of beauty? Oh my gosh. Wow. Um, Oh, definition of beauty. I don't think I've ever been asked this before. Um, I'm so curious, like what other people say on your podcast. I don't know. Like the first thing that comes to mind is like, it's more inside than the outside that matters. And it's kind of like what we were talking about before the podcast started of like getting into health and biohacking for aesthetics, which is like part of the reason I did it as well. But now beauty feels very like soulful and like comes from within. So that's probably what I would say how I feel about it right now. I love it. I love it so much. It's beautiful. Um, what is your favorite inner or outer beauty tip for our listeners? Oh my gosh. Inner or outer beauty tip. Um, Hmm. I like, I'd love to say like the easy ones, like sleep more, stress less, but like, those are so hard to like manage stress is so hard. I'm so bad at that. Um, I think something more tangible would be, I mean, again, like first thing that comes to mind is like PRP. I love PRP like outside. Um, it's a natural facial that you can do that is like has I've had so much success with so if you're looking for something that isn't synthetic and like can actually help reduce scarring and help with lines and that type of thing I think PRP facial would be my recommendation oh I love PRP I feel like mm-hmm. we'll do a whole episode just on that just yeah <laughs> amazing and then where can people find you yeah so biohackingbrittany.com um, biohacking Brittany is like all my social handles and the wait list for MFEs, which is my underwear coming out is on my website and social media as well. Yay. Thank you so much for today. It was so fun. I'm so excited to share this episode. You are awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun and really good time. Thank you so much for listening today. This was such a fun conversation. I feel like Brittany and I got to nerd out on so many biohacking topics. I hope you enjoyed listening to our talk just as much as we did recording it. I also want to share that I have opened up two more spots in my one-on-one coaching program. It's a three-month program where I support you in reaching your body goals, where we work together on physical and emotional healing, 
and really hone in on creating lifelong lifestyle changes that are in alignment with what you desire for your body, your health, and your future. You can click the link in the show notes to book a free call with me, and there you will find my other links as well. Again, thank you so much for being here. Till next week.